0: Hey, Blessed Nation, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Blessed for Success podcast. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa. As always, if there's anything you'd like from today's episode, please go ahead, take a screenshot on your phone um, and share it on social media, on LinkedIn, Instagram. You can mention me at for Success PC just so I can share what you think of the show with the rest of the world um, and grow this thing as fast as possible to as many people as possible. Uh, Now, without any further delay, my guest today has been a leadership and development consultant, speaker, and coach for over 20 years. His expertise is people, their motivations, passions, and frustrations. His power of connection philosophy has helped countless companies build better engagement with their employees, teams, and senior leaders. He helps employees to connect as a team by exploring and sharing their individual values, interests, and priorities with each other then guiding them to discover a path forward together. He is also the CEO of DYPB, a.k.a. Discover Your Personal Brand, the largest conference in in North America dedicated solely to personal branding for over five years. He is a five-time TEDx speaker and an Inc. Magazine Top 100 100 leadership speaker. Introducing Bobby Umar.
1: I'm going to show you how great I am. It's about how
0: hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Don't ever let somebody tell you, you can't do something. You're listening to the Blessed for Success podcast. Bobby Umar, thanks for coming on to the Blessed for Success podcast podcast today it's uh you can tell i'm already excited it's so great to, to have you on excited to be here thanks awesome um well i'd like to start the first way i always start um every one of these episodes which is um you know this beautiful saturday morning sunny outside sun is shining through the windows it's great um at this point in time what are the things that make you feel blessed wow uh
2: Obviously my kids uh, you know in the morning I, I woke up and I made them breakfast made them pancakes and eggs and they and I we started watching a bit of Star Trek uh, so like you know things I'm loving experiencing every aspect of life with them whether it's music swimming activities uh, it's great so that to me is probably the biggest thing and then I think the second thing is uh, I've been on a bit of a uh, positive health journey now for the last uh, eight nine months, and so you know I weigh myself and I was like, wow, I can't believe I can't believe I fit in these pants. I can't believe that my my weight, my my lightest weight in 25
0: years. So uh, those two things right now are feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that's it's it's great that you uh, transition to that because that's actually the next thing I was going to mention sure. is I you know I've been following your journey for for a long time I, we were talking before we started recording like about five years and you know you're looking the best I've ever seen you look the lightest I've ever seen you look and I think <laughs> you are the lightest weight you've been in like twenty five years yeah. um and you know weight loss or finding the right recipe has and you've talked about it openly and publicly in the past how that's been a struggle for you and it's constant. Um, you know, back and forth to trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. But what's really gotten you to the point now where you're, you're the lightest you've ever been? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a big,
2: uh, I've been A, B, C, D, F, G, testing myself on every <laughs> single thing that's out there, right? And finally, I found something that, that worked. So I tested myself uh, three to four times on and off. So I did 30 days of keto and then two, two weeks off, then 21 days of keto, then two weeks off. And I, and I did that four or five times last year, and uh, I think that I found a system and it, for me it was all about finding a way that to create something sustainable uh, and I think i'm I think I'm there in, in a couple of ways one, and one is a shift in my mindset to how I view carbs uh, in terms of I see them more as a treat as opposed to just a standard blanket that you put a thing on mm-hmm. uh, that's one. The second thing is um, my mindset around sugar has changed where I realize now that even though I love certain things like ice cream you know apples, you know, uh, watermelon, uh, I'm willing to give them up for the most part, uh, but, you know, like maybe once my birthday or something, but like for the most part, I'm willing to give up cake and all that stuff for the rest of my life um, because uh, sugar really is addictive and it really is harmful and does it adds to my cravings and, uh, and and now, like, the weight's come off tremendously, my appetite's gone down, so that's also a big thing, which is lower the binge eating. And so for me, this is a very sustainable lifestyle. I'll still eat pasta, rice and bread, but, uh, you know, uh, slowly, uh, you know, with, with uh, just you know, seeing it as more of a, a treat. Um, and and if, if the weight ever starts to climb up slowly, I'll go back on another 30 days of keto and get myself under control again. So that's really, uh, it's, it's, it's quite, quite empowering. And it's hard to explain to people who don't struggle with food addiction or binge eating uh, the idea of finally feeling some control. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's for the first time in my life, I feel like I have control, uh, of my, uh, of my, of my food, of, of my weight, which is phenomenal. And it's uh really profound. So yeah. I think that's, that's, it's a combination of keto on and off and then low carbs as I move forward.
0: That's, that's so amazing that you found something sustainable. And, yeah. um, you know, that, that sugar craving is one that I have as well. I tell everyone, you know, my, my guilty pleasure is sugar and it's like, it's, it's those sweet foods and that's maybe the one thing that I'm still struggling to get, you know, out of my, uh, well, one of
2: the things that, one of the things that happened was that with the testing, the testing was really interesting because I've done now five tests and I can tell you that, uh, three specific times where I decide to have sugar, even for like, I'm just for, uh, for one day or for two days, uh, it always ends up being seven days to two weeks and then eventually lead to huge cravings. and uh, and then the two times that I didn't have sugar, but I had carbs, I still lost weight and, and was able to maintain where I was. So put, and, and so I've tested myself. And I, I definitely know the sugar is what does it. And if you can get off of it and you know, if you get past that two, three week pump, then, then it's great.
0: Yeah, Oh no, that's, that's amazing. And I think always at the beginning, when you're trying something new, it's tough, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, my diet is intermittent fasting. That's what I consistently yeah. practice. I'm doing both actually. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's like those first few days are difficult. But once you can make it past like the first four or five, you're like, wow, this is, this is easier than I thought right. it would be. Yeah. Unless you go back into the binging and the, you know, that's, that's, that's a train. Um, But yeah, you and I have, have met a few times now. I think the first time I met you was actually at a, at your event, uh, your conference, the discover your personal brand uh, conference here in Toronto, which is the the best personal branding conference in Toronto. Um, And as well at Haste and Hustle. Um, you know, you have you had a presence on LinkedIn for a number of years, so followed you there as well. Um, and you know, at the Haste and Hustle event, which I volunteered at, um, I actually think you took a photo of uh, myself and Manu, who actually was on the podcast oh, recently, as well. I yeah, I yeah, yeah, good times. Um, but I remember you sharing on that stage your why, right? And your mm. why was um, there are a lot of leaders, business leaders, people out there who feel lost, stuck unfulfilled and you know it's your why your mission to help them find meaning in their lives and help them just dis- truly discover who they are how did you come up with that why you know where did that come from um for you that's a good question um i think uh, over the years as i've done speaking
2: one of the things that happened was i when i launched my career as a speaker i was like okay i'll be a speaker and they're like what are you talking about I'm going to be a leadership speaker. I'm a soft skill speaker. I'm going to talk about soft skill development, so EQ skills, you know, relationship skills, things like that. And then what happened was over the years, as I, I'm also really big on feedback. So over the years, as I did stuff, I get feedback and what I, I'd see what would resonate. And so I, that's where things developed in terms of me becoming a networking expert and then a personal branding expert and then a social media digital influence expert. And uh, the other thing that happened was I hear people's stories, and the, the common theme was lost. Um, particularly with young people, I, I feel lost. I don't know what to do like with my career or my life. I'm 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 taking I'm in third year of engineering and I, I, I hate it, you know, or I'm in third year business and I don't like it. Um or I've been two years into my job and i just I just feel so lost. And so lost was kind of the first thing that kinda of came and I started using that as my, my main thing. And then eventually I realized that as I expanded my target audience it was the more um let's say older people. Uh, not young people, but older people. Um, a lot of lot of uh, higher level leaders didn't like the word "lost." They felt it was a bit it, it was a bit weak for them. I still mm-hmm. think it's a very powerful <laughs> word uh, mm-hmm. because I think it applies to the relationships, it applies to even like my food stuff in terms of what to do. Um, but uh, I started seeing people that in their careers uh, because I started coaching people from transitioning from A to B or from industry industry to industry or, or starting uh, entrepreneurship, and so stuck became another really big word. They felt stuck. Initially stuck in a in a career, and the other one was unfulfilled. And ultimately, that's the that's the big one, right? The big one is, you know, every single person out there wants fulfillment, and fulfillment is a combination of joy and pain and growth and learning and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not happiness, and happiness is part of fulfillment. But and for example, as a parent, I'm fulfilled, but that also means I have to deal with the pain of being a parent, which is you know worrying about your kids and being up late at night and things like that. But that part, that part comes in part with the the happiness stuff too, to be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Same with a career, right? You want something that you're getting great results, you're doing good work, but then there's the stress, the timelines, uh, trying to work with people, dealing with conflict, overcoming those obstacles. That's fulfillment. And mm-hmm. so that's why we look at fe- feeling lost, stuck, unfulfilled, because again, everyone's been there at one point in time, whether it's through work, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's their own personal demons or their personal journey. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, that's, it drives everything I do in terms of my content, my speaking, my coaching, the events that I run, you know, there's some aspect, even as a dad, uh, you know, helping people feel lost, stuck, fulfilled is is exactly what I do and fires up what I
0: do. Nice. And, and, you know, you've mentioned multiple times that that's your mission because, you know, you've gone through the same thing and you've kind of been able to coach yourself out of it. What's, what's the process or can you take me back to a time where you did feel that, you know, you felt unfulfilled and, and what was the process that you took yourself through and that you are now taking others through um, to get out, out of that bubble, essentially?
2: Well, sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's, um, it's forced upon you and other times you take it on your own. I can, I can safely say that both times have happened. So for example, being let go from a job or packaged out and I was really upset and didn't know what to do and I felt lost stuck, you know, it forced me to think about what do I want to do? Then the, the second time, I was like, well, now, you know what? I don't want to go back to the corporate world. What do I want to do so that I got, built my brand and figured it out and then found a path that made sense for me? Same with the food thing, you know, like I, I kept having trouble and failing and you know, binge, and I, I feel bad. So I, I tried to figure something out. But then at one point, like you know what, enough of this. Let me figure something out. And, you know, it was more purposeful. So for me, like, um, the steps really, sometimes it's just forced upon you, mm-hmm. But uh, a big part of it is getting help. So asking someone for help. So, you know, like whether you're getting a your career coach or whether you get a fitness coach and cushion coach to help you figure what's the best way forward. I think that, that's one that's really important. The second thing is to forgive yourself because we are all, we all deal with this kind of stuff, so we have to be more forgiving of who we are and what we're going through because we're human. Um, the third one is leveraging a support network, so leveraging my, my close friends my family uh, to talk about the stuff that I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then after that, once I have those things kind of, then, then it's like, okay, what's the plan?
1: Mm-hmm. What's
2: the plan to move forward? And that, that's where I test, I plan, I get feedback, and I really try to put something on paper together. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if you plan on paper, you're 30% more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. So you, you plan on exactly what you're going to do. Uh, and then the last thing I do is I tell the world what I'm doing. I talk about it and it makes me more accountable because when I share this on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, people make me more accountable because they now know what I'm doing. and I've, I, I, I've told them what I'm doing. I can't go back now and screw it up. I mean, sometimes I still do, but I'm less likely to because I'm more accountable to my social network. So these are all things that I do to try to take where I'm at and to move forward in a more positive
0: way. Mm-hmm. And I I love that, 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 About you, and that's what I've loved about you the most on on social media is that you're very transparent. Like when you fail, you're open about it. When you succeed, you're open about it. When you're struggling, you're open about it. And I think that's just like that's what social media is for. Uh, Well, I'm glad
2: you like it though, because some people don't. Like I still get messages from people saying, "Why are you doing this? Hmm. You know, why? Why look? I I don't want to work with someone who who's weak like you." I'm like, "Wow, okay." And it's it's funny all those messages are always private messages. It's never like a public (laughs) thing. Right. And it's like, I mean, they're rare. I mean, but you know, there's like a few. And it's like, okay, well, maybe you're not my target audience. Like, uh, I I want to be who I am. Uh, I mean, some sometimes my mom is like, why would you say bad things about my baby? You know, like, you know, all yeah. oh, like, why would you share that stuff? But I'm like, honestly, mm-hmm. it helps me. It processes my 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 brain like a process thing. It's kind of like my diary, right? Mm-hmm. I process it. I get accountability. I get support. Like, it fits three or four of those three or three or four of those five things that I mentioned that helped me move forward. So that's why I do
0: it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that as well, because uh, I post a lot on on LinkedIn lately. I've been posting almost every day. And uh, last week I shared a post that basically outlined my successes. Like this is what I've been successful at, but this is also the, what I failed at. I've tried to start this business that's failed, that business that's failed, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so far it's the highest grossing post I've ever had on LinkedIn with like 15,000 views, 210 likes. And I was like, Okay, when you're honest with people about like where your pitfalls are, that's when they feel that they can really connect with you because now you're, you know, 10 times more relatable than you were before.
2: Well, people relate more and resonate more with vulnerability and challenges and even failure than they do with success. Success is something that inspires, but doesn't necessarily resonate or relate to. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many people that are having trouble being successful in their own or even defining success and they, they can't, they can only be inspired. But does inspiration move you? Not necessarily, Mm
1: -hmm. but,
2: uh, you know, vulnerability and failure and challenges resonates with everyone, no matter how, no matter, even the most successful people out there have failed many, many times. So they totally get it. Yeah. So so that's why it's so powerful to do that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that process that you talked about, you know, having a support system, having a coach, um, you know, forgiving yourself. I want to take that, that process and go back to 2019 because, um, you know, recently 2020, your one word, and as we know, like we've talked about a few times on this podcast yeah. about Evan Carmichael's one word. You know, if you had one word, what would it be? And so that changes every year. And this year, your word is resilience. Yes. And um, to my understanding, your reasoning for that word um, was, you know, behind the backs of what a, what a crazy year 2019 was for you. Right. Right. Um, let's talk about that. What What was it about that year that made you decide that you know this year you need to be a lot more resilient? And then on top of that. How did you apply your own process to that to what had happened
2: mm-hmm. well to be honest uh, i had a couple of uh, failures in 2019 that kind of uh, were hard to deal with um so uh, in in march of last year i had a failure that was really um took me by surprise it was like a project i was working on but it didn't go very well at all and then i had another one in may so two major projects i was working on kind of the same time one overlapping they both kind of failed at the same time and i was like wow it just kind of shook me and uh at the same time that, and at the exact same time my weight was ballooning again and getting out of control because when it, whenever i deal with adversities, uh, the eating was also a problem too so all of them happened at the exact same time so in june i was like you know what let's just deal with the, the food thing and that's when i started the whole keto thing and that journey. within a month i lost 25 pounds right oh my gosh. um so yeah it was crazy uh and so that was the first thing i started doing and then once I had that success, I, I remember I came back uh, on a, I, I was working with another person and I was like, you know what, what, what else can I do? So, that, so about, a, about two months later, I was like, well, okay, enough of this, what can I do? So I started talking to people about what I'm going through. I had the success with the, the keto and I, again, used my support network to say, well, you know what, like, here's what I'm struggling with. I don't, I don't understand this. Um, what are your thoughts? And I got feedback from people and through that feedback, the support process, I was like, fine, what's next? You know, and that, and I started to become more resilient. And my word of 2019 was courage. I didn't know who invented it. You said Evan Carmichael. I didn't know he invented this thing. I just started doing it on my own because oh, someone, nice. someone else had posted on Facebook once. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's come over the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so so I was like, let, let me be courageous and get out there and just come up with something else. And so uh, in doing so, I basically. Um, talked to a bunch of people, came up came up with some ideas, and started working on um, support system and plan to move things forward. And so that that's that's what I did. Similarly, uh, I had a, again another failed project in another uh, part of my uh, my business life in September. And uh, again, I was like, man, fun. like uh, it's always for me, even way way back in the day, like years and years ago. Um, uh, one of the first big things I did. Uh, when I first left university, I started working as an engineer. Uh, I started a musical theater company, and I remember uh, we were—it tra- was—it was a big, bold move for me to do because I'd never done one before. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Let me just let's produce a musical and perform it and put on put on stage." Wow. I worked with a couple of you know old lo- lo- volunteers. I worked with these two producers, and we were tickets weren't selling very well. You know, we'd sell about forty percent of the house. And my producer name is Bobby, and you know, she's one of my my top two lieutenants, right? So Bobby, like, it's not happening. It's, it's not selling. What are we gonna do? What do we I'm like, It's not selling. I'm I'm really upset. I'm really upset. Like I said, okay. I said, I know you're upset. I'm upset too. But the question is, what are you gonna do about it? And she looked at me like, what are we gonna do about it? Yeah, what are you gonna do about it? She, she didn't have an answer. I was like, well, here's what I'm gonna do about it, okay? I'm gonna make 10 calls, I'm gonna go out there and hustle, I'm gonna tell people what's going on, I'm gonna try to find find people that can give me advice on how to sell this, this show. And that philosophy, you know, and that, that, that inspired her to get out there and start hustling too, right? And, yeah. uh, but I take that now, even 2019. So, you know, I had that that third major fail. I'm sorry, the fourth, if you count the, the, the weight thing. The fourth, mm-hmm. I had three business fails and one uh, health fail. So the, that business fell in The question was, what am I going to do about it, right? Yeah. And so within, as soon as, uh, it's funny, as soon as that thing happened, uh, I, made a, I made some calls, right? <laughs> made some calls. What are we going to do? I made some calls, we went, and within within 2 weeks I had was able to turn that thing around. And I was actually I actually got uh, 3 or 4 people to help me uh, shift the business uh, and actually it was, it was DYPB shift the business and within 2 months we did more work in 2 months than we had the past 6 months. And I was like, Amazing. "Man, yes." Amazing. And that was great. And so all that stuff inspired the idea of resilience because resilience is uh, this idea of, you know, dealing with struggle and dealing with challenge and getting through it. Right. When you're going through hell, keep going. Mm -hmm. Right. And you keep going to get through it. And now there's a, there's a sense of hope because resilience gets you to a place of hope. And so for me, that's why that word is so meaningful. And those were some of the examples I I used in, uh, um, actually there's another one too. So, I mean, there's somebody, there's another one too with my, with my wife and I, because she started freelancing. And her her severance ran out, and basically, you know, we had a huge cash gap. And so, the, so the question is, what are we going to do about it, mm. right? And so, uh, you know, I started reaching out people and trying to get more, do more consulting, and uh, took on a took on a contract try to, to, t- to try to help. You know, and the good news is again that resilience helped because now my wife uh, just got a part time job that combines with her freelance work as a corporate editor, and now she's really feeling like she's in a really good space, and I'm really excited about that for her. So the burden's been taken off a little bit which is great mm-hmm. so yeah i'm feeling the resilience already
0: which is great that's so amazing it's it's yeah. flowing through you we could say yeah um and if you don't want me asking like what were some of those calls that you made like were those business calls like what how did you like when you're thinking okay i got to call some people you know what's the initial reaction of who you reach out to
2: usually well there's two types of people i reach out to um one would be my support network of people that i know i can talk to like for example well, a couple of my close friends, like Natalia lives in Toronto, I was "Hey, listen, listen I need to talk." You know, I'll vent for you know so sometimes you want to vent, mm-hmm. and sometimes you want someone to give you some advice. yeah you have, to, you have to separate the two, so make sure it's clear. So with her, I was venting versus asking for advice, and then another friend um, I, one of my close friends, again, I, lo- I love five with technology, right? My best friends live across the world, right? So I one in England and I one in Vancouver, so I can call them and ha- have a chat. I find that to be really helpful. And then the second thing is. I look at people that I know can help me, mm-hmm. and so I make those calls. And you know, one of the things that happens is within within those two weeks, I was able to just inspire a few, three or three or four people to help me out, to join me, and start creating some change, positive change for myself and and uh, the organization. And that's kind of what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. that's
2: I, I typically am pretty good at. One of the things that you know, someone else, uh, one of my former business mentors says, if you can find a way to uh, package the way you He's like, Bobby, how do you get 20 people working for you on three different projects for free? I was Mm -hmm. like, I "I don't know. (laughs) Because I remember a few years ago, it was about five years ago, I I was was running the conference, which was again, run completely by volunteers. I was running uh, another event series called Cool Connection. I was running another thing called Humans of Canada, where we were showcasing stories of people in Canada. And so there was literally combined about 25 people all working on these different projects for free because they believed in the vision, believed in what was going on. And he's like, how do you do that? And I was like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. And I, I had to think about it. And I was like, I guess I lay out a really cool vision, get people excited about it, empower them, give them the support and tools and the mentorship to ha- have them go. And then we just go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's what happened uh, back in the day. And, and, and so I think even now I can still do that. I can still harness the idea of selling the vision. right? So I, for DYP, for example, I sell the vision. You know, imagine Imagine personal branding that is accepted all around the world across every com- company where people are more fulfilled, they're more focused, and they're creating more impact in their lives. Mm-hmm. And when I share that vision, it gets people excited about what we can do with personal branding and how it can change the world, how to change organizations. Mm-hmm. And So I use that to you know, fire
0: people up to join my, my cause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey there, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me. If you are enjoying what you hear, I would really appreciate it if you could head on over to iTunes for a quick minute, leave a five-star review, and tell us what you like about the show. We want this Plus for Success message to catch fire, and the only way that is possible is with your help and support. Thanks again for tuning in. Now let's get back to the show it's, it's amazing what you've been able to do through that conference. Um, you know, inspiring tons of people to, you know, revamp their personal brands. Definitely mine. Um, back then when I was in school, it really helped me. Um, and I'd love to know, you know, now like that's, that's, that's also a way that you get people out of feeling, you know, unfulfilled, right. Right. You help them discover who they are through discovering their personal brand. Um, I'm, I let's, you know, I'm, let's say I'm an individual, I'm unfulfilled. Um, I don't necessarily know what I'm about, you know, how I'm supposed to frame it online, so on and so forth. How do I go about discovering my personal brand and then sharing it with the world? Well, I mean, uh, and and one of the things we've done over the last year
2: with BYPB is we put together a discovery personal brand model, uh, a model from which we base all of our our work, our activities, our programs, and our training. Uh, Because there's a journey, whether you're an individual or whether you're a business. Mm -hmm. And the first step, so DYP stands for three things. Discover your personal brand, design your personal brand, deliver your personal brand. So the first part is really the discovery part. And this is the one that most people struggle with. And it's the reason why 80% of people, you know, aren't fulfilled or unhappy with their jobs or they they take on a different career. Because we don't take the time to really discover and understand who we are in terms of self awareness, values, passions, skills, interests, the stories of our lives, the thread that you know, that motivate us, what fuels us, what, what are our pain points? What are our bliss points? All that information about our style. People don't take the time to understand what that is. Mm-hmm. But if you do, and if you, and if you really take the time, and I would say like first, of it starts with the commitment to invest the time and energy and resources mm-hmm. because it, it's not, it doesn't happen just like that. It takes time. Like, are you willing? To, and my, my, the thing I always say is, are you willing to commit a hundred dollars of your time for 500,000 hours of fulfillment? If you are, then great. Let's start doing that hundred hours right now to figure this stuff out because it takes time to get feedback from your network, to understand your values, your personality traits, your skills, your interests, and do that deep dive. But that that's the first step. The first step is to do that, and that's why um, you know I've, de- I've designed an online course now. So I normally do a workshop, right, where I take people through a day or a half day session on uh, diving through your personal brand, and I have a signature methodology. More. But mm-hmm. I've now created an online program for it, where you can takes you through that my entire signature process mm-hmm. of what you need to do. I've written articles about it too, but mm-hmm. that's what I've done. And
0: I'd love so that, to share that with the network. I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to put that out to my audience.
2: Yeah, sure, thanks. And, and so the you know it's uh, it, it takes you through the process of what you need to do. Now, and of course, you know, seventy-five <laughs> percent of people want to skip steps, <laughs> right? I mean, it's the same thing with like fitness, right? If I went to my fitness instructor or my nutrition person, listen. I know you said avocados, but you know, can I have a can I have a banana with sugar in it once in a while? Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Like, and what are they going to say? Probably no. Or listen, I know you said you know as a fitness guy, uh, three reps of twelve. I want to do two reps of like six. Is that okay? Because you know, it's it's hard, you know. (laughs) And can I get the same results? You know, like it's just it's just mind blowing if you want to skip so many steps. Yeah. To 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 get past thing. but you know, a lot of people got to take the time to do that work and dive into that that kind of thing, and that's where. I think people are feeling lost or stuck or fulfilled. They have to start with that. Mm-hmm. Most people and I will tell you about that right now. Most people want to jump to the design and deliver space. But I highly recommend the discovery phase is critically important mm-hmm. to not skip steps to make it honest and raw, truthful, and authentic before you mm-hmm. do the other two. Mm-hmm. Now there are some people who have a little bit of the work done in the discovery phase and they're quite self-aware, they have some pretty good information about themselves. They can maybe start doing the design phase, but for most people, i say the discovery phase is what's,
0: what's missing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's break that down. Like, so, uh, discovery phase is obviously yeah. the focus. It's obviously the most important for 80% of people out there. Yeah. Um, deliver. I kind of understand, you know, what that might consist of. I'm actually very curious about the design phase. What, yeah. what does that, look like without giving away all your secrets you know what is the process that you take someone through in the design phase
2: right so the design phase is all about now now that you've had so the discovery phase is, allows you to dive into yourself and then when you're done you should have a good sense of what your personal brand statement is what are your top five to ten personal brand aspects or values uh, and uh, and you kind of know you know what 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 fits within that the design phase is now determining it was focused on your objectives your target, your target audience, right? And then coming up with a strategy to get to where you want to go. So let's say, for example say you're working in a company and you're, uh, you know, you're a senior manager, but you want to hit that, get that director position, right? Mm-hmm. So based on that, based on that, based on that objective, okay, who's the target audience for you to build up to that next career? What's well, probably going to be people in the workplace as well as maybe, maybe external clients and partners who think you're amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And make yourself indispensable. Mm -hmm. and then you also look at your assets what do you what do you have so far that's good what don't you have maybe you're missing maybe you're not a good storyteller and you realize that you become a leader in let's say a director of sales and you become a better storyteller so you invest in some courses uh, personal brand courses offered by DYPB to become a better storyteller right and you work on those skills but the design phase is really about understanding your target your objectives your assets and the gaps and then to design what is it the plan for you to get out there and build that uh, to meet that objective Mm -hmm. right and another part usually is going to be like a social media plan a thought leadership brand building piece uh but that's essentially what it's all about it's really all about designing the the best way to get you to where you want to go another Mm -hmm. example is you know i work with a lot of speakers right so if you want to become uh you're going to start making part-time income as a speaker the first thing is like you know uh what's your speaker brand story which again the discovery phase helps with then who's your target audience right uh, what kind of speaking is you want? Where do you want to speak at? What, what are your topics? And then we put the other plan. Okay, now let's put the other content plan where you're doing a video per week on LinkedIn, a video uh, per week on Instagram. And you're going to do a blog post about your expertise area, your mm-hmm. topic areas. There's there's going to be a whole design process for someone who wants to create success as a speaker.
0: Mm-hmm. That's That's amazing how you've kind of You've built the system around it, and I think a lot of people would actually find a lot of value from that. I know I would um, because even even now you know as i'm as I'm running the podcast, trying to build my brand on LinkedIn um, instagram it's always I think it's always an ongoing learning process, like figuring out who you are, what you stand for, what message you want to share with the world yeah. um, you know ongoing learning process And I'm sure that's something that you still you know constantly revamp all the time yeah well and that and that's where the delivery phase comes into play because in the delivery phase, you basically, what you do
2: is you, you deliver, you put it out there, you monitor your progress, right, with metrics and things like that. And then the third part of the delivery phase is reevaluation. Hmm. Because the truth is, we change, right? So I recommend, I always recommend looking at your personal brand every year. Most people don't want to do that, so I get it. But at least somewhere over two to five years, you need to reevaluate your entire brand and, and discovery process to see exactly where you're at, and how you've changed. Because life changes you, right? You you could work on a startup and it changes the way you what the way you value things. You can start a family. And mm-hmm. You start to value things differently. So it's important for us to revisit and evaluate exactly what our brand is, what our objective is, what our target is in terms of where we are in, in our lives. So I think be, that the that's an important piece to the the reevaluation.
0: Mm-hmm. And it that's it's it's not a straight line. It's like a it's one of those cycle circle, circle, circle things yeah. where you're constantly um you know working on it and and going through it what are your what are your plans if you don't mind sharing like do you have any plans moving forward um with you know D D-Y-P-B or you know what's next for you i guess what what i want to ask
2: well i have lots and lots of plans i mean i i i typically have uh, way too many irons in the fire but um the but uh you know DYPB's our plan is so we're, we're we've launched uh this we're, we've, we've been doing linkedin locals for two years now so now we're doing this year, we've changed our target audience to more senior professionals. Uh, so we have one coming next week on uh, diversity and inclusion in the senior ranks. Mm-hmm. We're doing another one in March, sorry in May, uh, on uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and cybersecurity. Then another one in July on succession planning for the Boomer exit and Millennial uprising. And then uh, another one in fall in October for the um, synthesizing complex data through storytelling. Which is again really, we're trying to come up with really compelling topics that that will attract a certain audience. Yes. We're also doing some masterminds now. So we did a test pilot for a mastermind dinner where ten people in a room got together, and we just talked about our lives. And it was actually and and now we're planning to do another mastermind dinner where we, where we facilitate uh, discussion to help people use the you know the mastery of the the brain the brain trust of the entire room mm-hmm. to help them with their careers their their new businesses. So we're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also working on a really huge conference that's kind of exciting, and I haven't announced it yet. But uh, even bigger than what we had for the DYPB original conference, we're running a big event in November. Mm-hmm. I'm reaching out to some really big names um, to see if we can make something happen. It, it, it's going to be hard, but we're, we're doing. I'm, I'm talking to people like Gary Vaynerchuk, wow. Harleen Dickinson, um, Simon Sinek, you know, like all like a lot of big names. Ray Brown just to see if we can get them Malala. Like I, I want to get people that have really strong brands.
0: You're really swinging for the fences.
2: I am. I am. I mean, it may not work out, but hey, listen, I'd rather go big versus go home. So I'm going to go big and see if we can make something happen. But I'm very excited about that. Uh, it hasn't been announced yet, but that that's in the works. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan for D-Wipe. And then we're doing a lot of, we're trying to train programs and companies for personal branding around storytelling, emotional intelligence, and the personal branding itself. So that's mm-hmm. DYPB. For me personally, um, the health thing is still something that I'm, I'm big on. Once I get to June, because for me, in, in my health journey that I've started, this, this hashtag I'll my life, which I started in 2013, I've never gone longer than seven or eight months with a healthy journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so my feelings, if, if I can get to June, like a whole year, if I can prove a whole year of this, then I know I can sustain it the rest of my life. Yes. So I'm really hopeful to hit that that one. And then, uh, the other thing I'm working on, um, for myself is I'm, I'm working on a a, a pretty massive, actually a very massive relaunch of my speaker mastermind program. Um, so I, I basically, I put together a five part course, a free course on how to become a public speaker and that'll then launch into a web, a training webinar where I give people some of my best tips. And then I'm going to try to get people to join my speaker mastermind group and, uh, help them do, deliver, become I guess, guess, get, become professional speakers, basically, part-time mm-hmm. or full-time, generate some income, but I'm putting a massive campaign together to, to, to do that uh, and launching very soon. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that, nervous about that, but hey, that that's how it works. I'm nervous about the conference, but I'm excited about the conference. So mm-hmm. that excitement and nervous thing is that whole thing of fulfillment that I was just talking about. It's the good and the bad all put together,
1: but it's like, oh, you
0: feel good. I I'm, ex- I'm excited about that conference too. It sounds like <laughs> okay. it's going to be wild. Um hey, if you ever need, you know, volunteers for that, I'm always down and ready to go always. for for any event like that, so that would be so much fun. I, I want to talk about this topic of mastermind a bit more because it's sure. actually only something I discovered in recent years. Um and it uh, something that I think could be extremely powerful for many, many people. Um which is essentially, you know, you get a group of like-minded people together um, and I've never actually been to one, but I like to think that I have my own circle of friends that I kind of get together with. And although we won't label it a mastermind, you know, it's just like you get together with them and you talk and you you discuss and that's essentially, you know, what it is. So can you talk to me about how, you know, masterminds, what it is, first of all, in your definition, and then, you know, how it has impacted your life as well as those of others that, you know,
2: yeah. So, I mean, you make a really good point. Like, you know, we, we've had masterminds all our lives. We just didn't recognize it. You know, I remember back in my day when I was at university and I was in a room and there was like, there was like four of us and we had the most deepest conversation and just started analyzing life in a way that we never thought we could. And, and you, when you have those epiphany moments and have a great conversation, you want to go, go, keep it going. Remember we, we talked for like three or four hours and that was a mastermind group because a few things to part of a mastermind. One is building trust, um, honesty and openness, right? support of everyone that's there. and then expertise. Everyone has ex- expertise and experiences that're all sharing with you. and that's why mastermind is so powerful. And so you know we've had experiences in our lives where we had these amazing moments where or we're, let's say working on a startup or working on a project, like I ran, ran my theater company back in the day, like there was like eight of us and we were just like it was a brain trust. It was a mastermind of us. Just really passionate about this thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Same with DYPB now. I have like my senior leadership team, there's five of us. The six of us are like, you know, really it's a it's a mastermind in itself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's why I think people are now formalizing the process. Let's get some amazing people together and formalize a mastermind dinner and have a deep discussion about whatever topic. Like one of my friends, she ran a mastermind dinner just on body image. That sounds awesome. I would I would have loved to have gone to that because I've struggled with that my whole life. That would have been so cool. Mm-hmm. So The idea of the mastermind is to put put together people who all come from diverse but interesting backgrounds that have key aspects of experience and insights that are willing to leverage the brain trust to build trust and then have that facilitation. So, in a mastermind, the way I'm designing it, uh, most masterminds are usually there's a facilitator that will then get people to share their, uh, you know, share a win, share a challenge, and then have the brain trust of the room help people with that challenge. That's a typical mastermind. The way I'm shifting mine is I'm going to have that and then we're going to have dinner. So we'll have a nice dinner. But then I'm also going to add in a, an expert expertise series. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw in a 20-minute uh, expert to talk about a topic that's relevant to people. So, for example, mm-hmm. we're bringing in a 20-minute, let's say, a LinkedIn lead generation expert or a 20-minute expert on uh, artificial intelligence or a 20-minute expert on uh, you know, cybersecurity th- things like that to get people excited to just add to their learning, too, as well as working on their challenges. So that's kind of how I'm designing the, the mastermind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we tested it in, uh, in October of last year. Mm-hmm. And we actually had too many people. There was 14 and it was too many. Um, especially like for a, for a two and a half hour dinner. And it wasn't enough time to get, get through everybody's stuff. So we're, gonna, we're lowering it. We're gonna How much would you do? Like eight? Eight or? to ten. Eight mm-hmm. to ten is what we're looking at. Um, because not everybody wants to share. But some people like to go to a mastermind to uh, share their insight they don't actually want a challenge to, to resolve, but it'll be more formalized in the sense that, you know, let us know in advance, what is your challenge mm-hmm. so that we can facilitate having a discussion around those challenges.
0: Mm-hmm. And most definitely like this, this, the best conversations I've ever had in my entire life have been those super long chats with those small group of people yeah. just discussing, you know, life, relationships, business, um, work, all of it. And, you know, you generate so many ideas just, just in this conversation with you, you know, this is why I love podcasting. Is because right. you have, you know, in-depth, intimate conversations, conversations like yeah. these and you uncover like now there's just some, there's some juices flowing in my there's, head. There's
2: wheels turning your there's, head. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Wheels <laughs> yeah, turning exactly. in my head. Um, so, you know, that's, that's amazing. And and, and thank you for sharing that. Um, I'll, 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 you know, we've had a great conversation. I'll cap off the way I cap off every episode, which is, you know, at this point in time, again, this uh, beautiful, um, where are we? We are. Saturday, Saturday, close to, there we go. I'm losing <laughs> track. Just the conversation was so deep, um, close to noon. Um, at this point in time, uh, how do you define success for yourself and how will you, how do you define it moving forward?
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, great question. I've actually answered this before and it's evolved over the years, but i I have, um, I have my, my, my new answer for the last couple of years of evening. Success is defined. I define success by increasing fulfillment in the four key areas of our lives where we find fulfillment. So what I've learned is people find joy, fulfillment, happiness in four different ways. And I'll explain it right now. Number one is the people in your lives. So friends, family, children, work colleagues, the people in your lives, number one. Number two uh, is the work you do. So the work on your business, the work on your career, the, the, the volunteer work, the, any, any sort of work that you're doing. Uh, to you know create impact that 's the second one. The third one is what I call our passion pursuits. so you know rock climbing, hot yoga, stamp collecting all these things bring fulfillment to us, things that we 're really passionate about doing, external to the work. and the fourth one is what I call the spiritual, mental, emotional, religious kind of journey. So some people are into meditation, some people find happiness and fulfillment through their religion, some people find happiness and fulfillment through through yoga or, or some sort of study mm-hmm. but essentially that those are four different ways and what typically happens is most people um will say well you know i hate my job but thank goodness for my wife and kids so and that's how they and, and they create this narrative where they're fine with the fulfillment in one area but they dismiss the fulfillment in the other area and i think that's bad right or they say well you know my wife and kids are terrible but thank goodness for my job or hate my wife and kids i hate my job but thank goodness for hot yoga and rock climbing. Yeah. right but what I what I say is that, you know, if you really want success, you should work on all four of those things at the same time to try to find more fulfillment. So if I did my own self-analysis, right, the people thing, I think for the most part it's pretty good. I you know, sometimes I get lonely as an entrepreneur and I miss telling my, my friends. So I think that I'd like to do more of, of that. But you know, let's say it's eight out of ten. So that's pretty good. Then I look at, you know, the um, the, the the work thing. The work I do. I love the work. So okay, maybe that's nine out of ten. Then the extra quicker thing. That one's probably lower because there's things that I, I, don't, I don't have time to go to movies or play board games or go, go play badminton, you know, the things I like that I always like doing. so mm-hmm. I think that's lower. Let's say it's, let's say it's six.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the last one, the spiritual one, you know, that one, I'm not sure. Like, I've, I haven't put that much time into it. So let's say it's a, it's a five. So, you know, for me, you know, if I want to be more successful, I want to create more fulfillment in those four areas. Mm-hmm. And so, and the key here is not about money. See, the work and the people, right? I love my kids. I love my family. I love my work. Whether I'm a billionaire or I'm a thousandaire, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I feel successful having had the impact that I have. Yeah, and it's not defined by dollars. I think the money is a money is a tool to help us get there and, yeah. and create more impact. That's fine, yeah. but uh, you know that's how I define success. So for me, what am I going to do to create more success in my life? And we work on the four areas of fulfillment and try to improve. Them. Mm-hmm. So you know, number one. Uh, I'm going to try to do better with my connections and, you know, try to have more, you know, one-on-one connections with with people that I care about and my family. Number two, I'm going to try to enhance the impact of my work, the speaker mastermind through the DYPB work to make sure I'm impacting more and more lives. Uh, Number three, with my passion pursuits, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe playing some badminton and, uh, you know, doing more hot yoga with my wife and things like that. And then for the spiritual one, yeah, that one I'm not sure. I haven't actually put much uh, time into it. You know, I've tried meditation, I've tried mindfulness. Um, yeah, I, I, I just did a seven day uh, meditation channel. So you know, I'm also looking at finding ways to work on that as well. But these are the things that I'm thinking the, the weight is actually a good one. The weight for me, the, the keto, the, the food thing, that's a spiritual journey for me. So I'm going to keep mm-hmm. doing that, and that's mm-hmm. going to increase my fulfillment. So that's my plan
0: hmm. That's incredibly enlightening. And I think the steps that you've taken throughout each of those four categories are, you know, it's always steps, you're, you're taking steps forward. And even if you're moving back a little, it's always, you know, trying to get to progression, progression and pushing the envelope just a little yes. bit more every day. And that's something that I've always respected about you will continue to respect about you. And uh, it's been absolutely phenomenal having you on the show today. Where can people find you, um, discover you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on social?
2: Well, for the most part, uh, you know, I'm everywhere, if you Google me, but I think the main place on my website, which is my bypb.ca, discovery personal brand website, and then you know, across social media, my, ha- my handle is rayonbobby. Bobby, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and I have a LinkedIn company page that people can follow where I post content just what they
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much, uh, for coming on the blessed success podcast today. Um, great conversation. I think a lot of things, uh, to take away for me personally, for sure. Um, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that more, but thank you so much, uh, Bobby for coming on.
2: My pleasure to be here. And you did a great job. Really appreciate it. Great questions.